A fresh face in local politics. I'm Josh Durso for FO1 News, and today we're talking with Summer Johnson. She's a resident of Marion and is running for town supervisor. As of right now, Johnson is running on a post, but that doesn't mean she's shying away from conversations about her campaign. We're going to cover a lot of ground with her here, and of course, we are grateful for her time. Summer, thanks so much for being here. I want to start with the obvious question. Why get involved in local politics now? What drove me to that decision was uh, kind of a, a years of discussing it with the current town supervisor, Jody Bender, and how, um, you know, where would I fit into the the scheme of the town? And being an uh, import, as they would call it locally, um, me and my family have only been here for six years. So I really wanted to make sure that before I made a decision to run that, uh, it we kind of got the okay from the 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 higher ups and, and the people that have been here for a really long time and then they started to get to know me and i started kind of put myself into the community and and then pull the trigger when it was the right time um part of the reason that i want to run is to make a difference i think that's kind of the cliche response but at the end of the day um you know i went to school for public policy and their steps in a process to implementing policy and once you have that knowledge, you can't help but see where you can make differences throughout the, your life. So Marion was definitely one of those towns where I saw the potential there and I saw what is needed to project that forward into the 21st century. And so I decided to pull the trigger and run and hopefully get elected and to start making some of those changes here in Marion. Um, local transplant, regional transplant, What was what's that uh, <laughs> part of your story? Yeah, local, local transplant. Um, I grew up in the Finger Lakes region my whole life. Um, same with my spouse. So um, I actually moved to Marion from Canandaigua. And that's where I owned my first home. And then before that, um, I went to school in Hanaya Falls, Lima, and kind of bounced around Monroe County a little bit um, as a child. But yeah, very local, my whole life, New York, born and raised. And so is my husband and, and now my kids and so on and so forth. Um, when you think about uh, running for town supervisor, it's not super glamorous, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but what are kind of the the hallmark issues that made you feel like this was the right time? Was it a couple issues that made you feel like this was the right time for you to get involved? Or was it kind of a culmination of all of the issues? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I think when people think of local governance, um, like you said, it's it's not very glamorous. There's no you know, big press conferences or TV time slots on Fox News or CNN. So, you know, it really is, you really have to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons because you're not going to get the credit. You're not going to get the notoriety with it. Um, and so it, in terms of issues, you know, coming in, I knew what I was looking for as a parent and as a community member. Marion has some of those aspects. It, they're just not fully implemented. Um, so like I said, the potentials there, we have a great rec program, but yet very little participation. Um, we have, you know, businesses, but very little storefronts, um, you know, so it's really some of those little things that it's like, well, it's there. It just needs, it just needs a little energy and a little effort put into it to, to bring it to a level, um, that the town could be, you know, fiscally rewarded for. As far as the engagement piece goes, because it seems like a, a lot of what you just mentioned kind of ties back to engagement with the community and engagement with government. 
Um, what do you think the opportunities there are in a community like Marion um, to bolster that engagement a little bit, uh, perhaps with some fresh faces? Yeah, so the relationships are there. They're out there, right from the, the local level to the county, um, right to the state level. You know, being a rural population, I think that is, that's our our biggest asset we have is our farming. And we can use that all the way to the state level in Albany to, you know, to form relationships with, with senators and house members. And um, I'm good friends with uh, assembly member, Chris Tagg, he's out in the Albany area. He is 120% um, behind farming and farming issues and, you know, introducing bills that affect farmers. So, I mean, that's just an example of the engagement that we can, we can kind of go through the channels and look for these resources to bring back to the local level. Um, you know, currently, I, I don't know what that level is now, um, between the the government here and the board and the supervisor. Um, and I just feel that would definitely help bring in some of these, you know, bigger projects, statewide projects that could help rural development areas without obviously losing the cows. We don't we don't want to lose the cows in the <laughs> in the crop. So we want to keep those. <laughs> um Fiscal responsibility, you had this as as kind of a key issue for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that looks like at the town level in Marion? Uh, mm-hmm. Fiscal responsibility. A lot of people think different things when they when they mm-hmm. hear that. It's kind of a, a I, I guess, a touchy subject for some folks. Um, but when you think of fiscal responsibility at the town level in Marion, what does that look like? Yeah. So when I say fiscal responsibility, what I intend it to mean is fiscal ethics and how we how we secure funding, how we use funding, um, how we appropriate funding, um, where it comes from, the process of getting it. Um, so part of the agenda I'm looking at developing um, as I kind of dig deep into the <laughs> into campaign season, um, for example, is you know, the bidding process and and how small municipalities are legally bound to to go through the bidding process for anything over $35,000 um, in contract work. However, I feel there are definitely areas, uh, great areas that some may be very comfortable um, positions in local smaller towns um, find the gray areas and the loopholes and, and there's, you know, a lot of nepotism going on and maybe some, you know, as they say, good old boys club, um, friend of a friend, you know, things like that. And although the intentions are good there, um, really what we're missing out on, if you think about it, is the, the interactions, the connections to other businesses, other companies that have maybe have other resources that we're not getting from a backdoor deal. Um, we're also looking at libel, right? So if something goes wrong or there's an audit, you know, that can fall back down the town and, and cause great financial harm. And then also at the end of the day, you know, I want to make sure that we give everybody, all local businesses and contractors around us the opportunity to work <laughs> and not just because we know someone, they need the job and I want quality work. So, you know, that. That's probably my biggest platform for fiscal responsibility or ethics is making sure that we're following the law, that we are placing um, 
on time, on deadline bids in the newspaper, we're publishing, we're open, we're transparent about it. Um, and that will lead to, to a, a better way to regulate our, our finances at the town level. Um, so that's just, that's really in a nutshell where I'm coming from when I say fiscal responsibility. How do you approach, because it's probably the most common theme we see in, in rural government is, uh, officials, uh, local governments trying to find the balance between um, spending and advancing various infrastructure things and just making the community more livable in a modern sense, uh, but also holding the line on taxes. How do you, how do you plan on, or how do you hope to approach those situations um, if they were to unfold? Yeah. So I, I've been asked a few times about like the property tax cap and how that affects people's taxes, obviously. Um, I, I'm very involved in the school as well. So, you know, come budget time, you know, Board of Education meetings, we're there, a uh, group of us, we're, we're asking the questions because that that also affects taxes, right? I mean, I, I think a lot of times people feel, well, my property tax is capped. Yeah, well, if the school budget continues to increase by 0.3% year after year after year after year, it doesn't really make up for that property tax cap. Um, so that's another relationship there where I think town and school also need to be on the same page and where we're going and where we're heading um, in order to save the citizens some money. Um, and then just alone, you know, voting. <laughs> I mean, I tell people all the time, if you want to save money, you got to vote. You know, it, the school budgets are every May and we have such a low turnout year after year after year after year. Yeah. And so the budget passes, there's big capital projects, taxes increase, they get the bill the following year, there's complaints, and then the cycle continues. So it, it really is that education piece too that goes with it. And then also just as, as far as advancing the town um, while keeping, you know, taxes low, um, God willing, you know, with inflation and everything, it's it's a tough task. It's a tough, tough task. And the only thing um, I could see Marion taking advantage of are some of these, you know, New York State grants for rural business development and in really trying to pull in <clears throat> some mid-sized businesses um, to kind of offset that those that tax base. Um, you know, we have more and more people moving out of the area. We have more people moving out of Marion. We have an older generation. Um, that tax burden is going to fall on the remaining people. Yeah. So, you know, business development, big, you know, we used to have one of the biggest food processing plants here in Seneca Foods. And, you know, that was huge for the town, um, just for daily revenue, local restaurants, local businesses, gas stations, and the taxes they were paying. So we don't have that no longer. We lost that. Um, so that's the kind of initiatives I'm looking at to reach out to, you know, business developers and partners and hopefully find people to fill in those voids. Is that the business development side of it? Is that going to require a little bit of cooperation, you think, from the county as well mm -hmm. as the, the local mm -hmm. governments working together? Is that going to require a little bit of help from the county to, to spur that along? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as a supervisor, I'll have a seat on the board um, at the county level. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, I'm so excited that you'll be at the county level and can't wait to see <laughs> what, how you're going to, you know, 
act with that group and because I guess it's the wild wild west um <clears throat> here in Wayne County but that's that's okay um that's all right it's going to be a little tough I think the first year um just getting acclimated and then getting used to me and my style um but yeah I mean Wayne County again I, I think there's just this disconnect with the implementation process I mean we have these great ideas and great programs and and, and great development and and then at the end of the day, it, it, it's fallen a little short. Yeah. It, it's fallen a little short at retaining the population, retaining the businesses. Um, and I'm hoping to dig deep into that too and just see what exactly is going on once you get the grants, once you get the money, once you get the okay. You know, that's that's where I'm curious about um, is, is the next step after that, which, you know, again, if elected, I, that's going to be one of the first things I do is start opening up these files. <laughs> <laughs> and seeing what's what's going on. Uh, speaking of speaking of that uh, housing, um, really probably the biggest talking point we've seen so far this year across the entire state. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the governor has plans. The legislature seems to support some portion of that. We don't have a budget, a state budget yet, so we don't exactly know what that's going to look like, what the requirements are going to be on communities like the town of Marion. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think of housing in a rural community like Marion, what, uh, how do you see your community fitting into that? We need to fix the housing problem uh, discussion that's happening across the whole region. Mm-hmm. So again, because we are such a rural area, our issues are are different than say Penfield or Webster up the road. You know, what we're seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, from the last um, comprehensive plan, we have housing values that fall below the Zillow average um, across the board here in Marion. And so what that does is, you know, it, it, it drives up the, the demand. So we have, we have zero houses in Marion. <laughs> we have zero. There's there's no more single family households to buy in Marion at the moment. Maybe you'll find one that, you know, is like a lifetime fixer upper, you know, but other than that, there's there's nothing. Um that is a problem. That is I was a gonna say, does that worry does that worry you? That because that's worries a, me. Yes. Yeah. A lot. And, you know, we have this this issue also that that coincides with that where you know our population between 25 and 44 year olds is decreasing so not only are we losing the families right and the workers because we don't have houses so you know we already have approved land use um we already have zoning we have a plan to build houses um you know, I think part of the problem, again, we come back to the ethics, is finding ethical, responsible, insured developers to come in and, and fulfill their, their contract. Yeah. You, you know, um, we have a, a housing track right up the road from me. It was, you know, it, tooth and nail, they fought to, to get this approved, this little subdivision. And a beautiful piece of property. Uh, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more. And, you know, that was just started six years ago when I moved here and there's four houses in it. There's four houses. You get the cost of building, you get the cost, you know, the interest rates. I mean, it, it all, it all adds up to a, to kind of a powder keg, um, if, if you will. And, 
you know, I'm open to taking our land use, looking at that, looking at the zoning, saying, where can we develop affordable housing within, you know, two, three minutes of the hamlet, right? Because we don't want to go too far out. You lose public public uh, utilities, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, challenge, that that is a challenge. Um, but one I'm definitely open to looking at and being aggressive with too, because we can't wait five, six, seven years on this either. We we're losing our population, our enrollment in schools down yeah. and our, you know, but yet their budget keeps going up. So you know, we, we really have to, you know, I'm going to be very aggressive with that. My first year, first term in office, because that definitely needs to, we need to pull the trigger on getting some housing up. I was going to say, do you think the community would be responsive to, I don't even want to attach the the affordable word to it because mm-hmm. that seems to be the buzzword that gets people most revved up, but yeah. um, housing in general, you know, you mentioned the, the process that it, that it took to get that one track mm-hmm. in shape, ready to go. Um, do you think there would be appetite in Marion to perhaps making that process a, a little less painstaking for the folks involved who are trying to develop and would probably be uh, receptive to developing faster if it weren't quite as you know cumbersome the process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's that's that was written in their goals too. Was how do we have this land use development plan without you know? restricting the financial burden of developers and making the cost not worth even attempting to, to do this. Um, that's in there. I, I would like to see another comprehensive plan published. The The most recent one we have is from 2018, 2019. So yeah. it's pre pre COVID. And I think we can all agree that a lot of things have changed since, since COVID. I, I think that the game has changed uh, quite substantially. So you know, if that's something we need to do, I'll also support that is, you know, we have some outdated data, you know, we have very outdated census data, things like that. So, you know, I'm all for simplifying the process. Um, I also sit on the planning board uh, for Marion. And I know, you know, if, if someone wants to divide two, three acres of their property off, it's a fairly simple process. You know, maybe a little expensive, right? The survey, the maps, the filing fees, things like that. That's to be expected. But other than that, you show up, we look at it, we ask questions. We say, okay, we're not protecting any wildlife or wetlands. You're good to go. Um, You know, in terms of zoning, that's a separate, separate board, separate issues. But we already have the land use mapped out for building. So it's already there. It's already done. It's just a matter of seeking out investors for that property to build, to invest into Marion. And, you know, whatever that takes is, is that's where my initiative is, is seeking those people out to come in and say, hell, this is beautiful. We want to build 12 homes <laughs> and not have those homes be four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a piece. And that would be the trick right there. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. So where can, uh, before we wrap this up here, where can folks uh, learn more about your campaign or what's the best way to, to contact you? Yeah, so I am. Um, I currently work in marketing, so I am literally all over social media. Um, I, you know, I have an official uh, Summer Johnson for Marion Town Supervisor Facebook page. 
you can find me there. You can also find my personal page, Summer Johnson. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm just kind of all over the place and I'm very vocal. So you'll probably hear me before you see me um, be around. But other than that, I'm in Marion and from the primary is June 27th. And so from that point on, I'll be very visible to the public. I plan on doing a few meet the candidate, little meet and greets, talk to the people, let them ask me questions, just get to know me a little bit better. So I'll be posting all that on my Facebook page as well. That'll do it for this edition of Finger Lakes today. If you'd like to see more conversations like this one, check out the show on your favorite podcast platform or subscribe to the FingerLakes1.com YouTube channel. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.